0: Welcome to Bucks insider live Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith here to get you caught up on everything you need to know going into this next week and of course if you have any questions for us all you got to do is leave them underneath the Facebook live video and we'll have a chance to get to those at the final segment of the show. First of all, let's go ahead and just start with some of the takeaways from that game this last Sunday against the Chiefs. What were the the biggest things that other than it not going how we wanted it to go? What were some of the biggest things that you took away from that game?
1: Well, I guess since it's a loss, you start with the the not-so-happy stuff, right? Because there was some good stuff Mm -hmm. in that game, and we'll get to that, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, it was one of those games where it's frustrating to watch. I'm sure it was frustrating to be involved in because... There just didn't seem to be an answer for anything the Chiefs were doing defensively, and and some of that you just have to chalk chalk up to the fact that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are phenomenal players with an incredible connection. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really know how you're supposed to stop the play where he scrambles all around and does a pirouette and then flips the ball like that. Um, But overall, I think the, the probably the part that the Buccaneers were least happy about is that they didn't stop the run, and that is something that has been a signature of the Todd Bowles defense ever since he got here in 2019. And in that span, they are still even with that game by far the best run defense in the league, but they didn't have it in that game. And you wonder how much it has to do with Akeem Hicks not being in there. You wonder if there are, you know, if guys are making mistakes or or if it wasn't schemed up well for, for that particular running game or what. But it's a concern because the next game we're playing against the Falcons, which is a battle for first place, surprisingly, in the NFC South. The Falcons are running the ball really, really well. So that, I think, would have to be a focus for the team this week coming out of that last game.
0: Yeah, it's it's another back-to-back <clears throat> test to see if they learned the lessons from this last week right. that it does feel like running the ball. Is, but even without Patterson, who's gone on IR, you'd think that would have made it where, oh, well, starting running backs out, mm-hmm. maybe we don't have to worry about that so much. But we still know that's going to be the Falcons' yeah. game plan.
1: Yeah, well, they have a quarterback that can run. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a problem against... Uh, Patrick Mahomes but Mm -hmm. overall if you look back at like the two Philadelphia games last year uh, Jalen Hurts the Buccaneers actually handled that running quarterback very well which is more like what I mean Mariota is not playing at the level of Jalen Hurts right now but it's the same kind of concept with RPOs and and design runs and so on so uh, it is a concern On the other hand, because we want to talk about some good things as well, right? It turns out when you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in the game, your passing attack is a lot better.
0: Who would have thought? Right? Who would have thought? So,
1: yeah. And Donovan Smith being back as well. And uh, Mike Evans comes right back from that one-game suspension, that 30-yard catch right down the middle uh, for the first big play of the game. Ends up with two touchdowns, 103 yards. Just vintage Mike Evans. Not too shabby. The second touchdown catch, that back corner fade, just I don't – you can't defend it. It's just – it's ridiculous. Look at that play. Yeah, it's amazing. It's
0: a perfect throw and a perfect catch, yeah. and there is yeah, nothing you could do about it.
1: So that. in the process of that game, he also broke another record. So the guy that already holds the Bucks all-time records for touchdowns, receiving touchdowns, re- receptions, receiving yards, probably a few other things I'm not thinking of, is also now the all-time leader in most yards from scrimmage, passing a record that stood for a very long time by James Wilder. who had rushing yards and receiving yards. Mike's done it all but 10 yards through the air. But just yet another signpost, another obvious sign that Mike Evans is the most accomplished offensive player in Buccaneers history.
0: Unbelievable. And I think it's interesting that you pointed out, I mean, of course, Donovan Smith coming back was going to make Brady feel like he could probably hold on to it a little bit longer, wait for some of those routes to develop. But also the fact that Chris Godwin was alongside Mike Evans, that it's, one thing to just have their skill set of the number of actual catches chris gets the number of catches mike gets but it's the effect they have on each other and what they mm-hmm. force defenses to do is that something that you've noticed of how much they need each other to each have their own individual success yeah, it
1: definitely helps both of them and it you know it didn't hurt that the bucks also had russell gage and they had julio jones for half and they were making the uh pass, passes to the backs work i mean um Leonard mm-hmm. and rashad white combined for more than 100 yards but, yeah, and, and I think the thing you saw out of Chris Godwin was that sort of missing element of being able to work the middle of the field, being a, an effective weapon out of the slot. Buccaneers didn't really find a solution for that in the in the games that Chris did, two and a half games that Chris was out. And so I think that made a big difference. Even if, I mean, his, 50, I think, seven catches for 59 yards is a good day. Not overwhelming, but the effect he had on the entire offense, right. as you said, was big.
0: Yeah, and I think um, it was good to know that as much as, they gave up more points than they had in the first three games combined, but then they scored more touchdowns than they <laughs> had in the first true. three games combined. Yeah. So it's just going to be about that complete game where finally now it does feel exactly. like the good news was the offense got going and getting the running backs involved in the passing game as much as it was unfortunate that there was, what, three yards rushing for the Bucks in yes, that game? Yes, yes. That at least, like you mentioned, to have over 100 yards in the receiving game from that, that was a huge thing. So it felt like at least even though the game didn't go how you wanted and there were some areas that didn't go as well defensively but offensively it felt like you found some things you had not so far
1: and one of those things was throwing the ball to Leonard Fournette and Rashad White Mm -hmm. and Rashad you know coach Bowles had been saying for two weeks that I'm, we need to get the other backs more involved, and I think he specifically meant Rashad White, and I think you have a sort of a two-headed monster now developing mm-hmm. with Leonard Fournette and Rashad White, and those two guys combined for I think 107 yards and a touchdown, and most of those passes were really quick throws that, you know, the Leonard would get like 10 or 12 yards out of, and same thing with Rashad White, so it worked really well, and you like to see Rashad getting involved, and in fact, um, with uh, Cam Brate leaving the game with a concussion. Kate Otten played his highest percentage of snaps yet. And you have Luke Gedeke playing every snap at guard. And you-, you look up from the end of the game, you realize, man, the rookies played a ton. He
0: played a lot. I mean, look
1: at that. Logan Hall, he's kind of been getting about that many snaps every game. Obviously, Luke played every single snap, a much bigger uh, percentage for Rashad White and Kate Otten. Uh, obviously, Jake Amart is in the game as much as you need. All of those snaps for uh, Fadakasi were on special teams. Mm-hmm. And then Kieft, you know, he had his first career catch. It was kind of a nice spinning catch it on was, the sideline, right? A, for he, 19 he looked yards. like a receiving yeah. tight end there. <laughs> so, I mean, I th- you know, especially on a team that has a lot of veterans, it's it's the oldest team in the league by average age. To see this many rookies making an impact is kind of Kind I mean, cool.
0: even just to have seven <laughs> rookies on your roster and active on game day is yeah. pretty incredible. It shows what a great job Jason Light and those guys did with drafting, mm-hmm. with, you know, signing even like with, you know,
1: Fadukasi
0: to have him in there even as an undrafted guy. It's pretty incredible, and it shows, I think, the potential as the season goes on because we know mm-hmm. with rookies, every snap is a big deal, every game is a big deal in their development and their learning. And so I think that when you see how much is dependent on these young guys, it will only get better as the season goes on and they get more experience. Yeah, that's um, probably
1: particularly true for Luke Getticke.
0: Yes, absolutely. And so I, I know also the Bucks' defense, we talked about it was not the game they want, they expect, or the game compared to the three before, mm-hmm. because they came in just guns blazing in terms of being the stingiest defense and not allowing points going into it. What did you see that was different this week or just overall where the defense still stands now, even mm-hmm. with a game that yeah. did not really live up to their standards?
1: Well, and, and that's in, in the overall picture. You have to yeah, ask yourself, do I think that this game was the aberration or were the first three games, mm-hmm. of the aberration. And the truth is probably somewhere in the middle because I don't think you're going to go through a season and, and allow just nine points per game. But I don't think that you're going to see a lot of outings like this one. It's a very, I think it's still a very talented defense with a lot of very good players at every level. And what's kind of a, a Think has become a signature of this team is how many different people are contributing. And mm-hmm. this particular game was due to injury because Logan Ryan left early, and uh, Carlton Davis left in the second half. So Keanu Neal played a good amount of the game in the Logan Ryan role, and then Sean Murphy Bunning got his first shot, which we knew was coming at some point. And sure enough, he goes out there and gets an interception, the eighth of his career. Do you know that he has now intercepted Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes?
0: He just shows up for the big name <laughs> QBs. He's like, excuse me, this well, is who I need an Well, I
1: mean, he also he also He's intercepted. Also Gar- Carter and know. Saylor Heineke. But yeah, so. he wants
0: to make sure he ticks off all yeah. those potential I don't know. Hall yeah. of Fame kind we, of quarterbacks. Yeah,
1: we have to play all the big quarterbacks for him to get his picks. But um, that just put another person in the con- uh, con- contribution Contribution is the word I'm looking yes. for, I guess, uh, uh, column. I mean, look at this. I, it just occurred to me the other day when I was looking at our defensive stats how many different people had these big stats wow. already. The Bucks have the most players in the league that have at least half a sack. They have the... Tied for the most players with the least in interception. Tied for the most players with the quarterback hit. And second behind San Francisco with the most players with a tackle for loss. So That's everybody's incredible. getting involved, isn't it?
0: And that just speaks, I think, so much to not only just the depth of talent on this team, but the scheme that Todd Bowles uses where – he uses players in so many different roles that that's what keeps offenses on their toes mm-hmm. not knowing are you blitzing are you dropping back right. are you that you know that this is what makes offenses so confused because if you look at these stats there's a reason they have no idea who's coming who's not right and it's incredible in that confusion for them ends up meaning that these guys it's so interesting to me that he can have a scheme that is confusing for the offense and yet not for the defense that they all really that's, are at a point where they know their roles that's
1: a good point and they've been working towards that for a long
0: for time. a really long time yeah. and that's the kind of communication and the consistency yeah. i know jamel dean was on the radio show this week with me and he talked about how different it is now of the way he learns and how he understands that bowls can tell him something and he immediately gets it and that's that awesome. wasn't the case his first year And he said that Bowles can now tell that, too, that it's so different and that Bowles can just say it and be done. And I thought that was such a great sign and why so many of these guys and a guy like Jamel is having such a great year. Um, So looking ahead to this game in Atlanta, what do you think are going to be the biggest things that we want to see based on this last game to show that it was an aberration and that they learned from it and have been able to fix a few things?
1: Well, I think you want to get a quicker start, for one thing. Fast starts have definitely not been something the Buccaneers have had much of this year. And you talked about, you threw out, the obvious fact that the Buckner's ran six times for three yards in that game right that's terrible mm-hmm. and nobody's making excuses or trying to say that it was a good game in terms of running the ball but you also have to at least give the context of it um, there were only six carries because we were down 14-3 by the time we had three carries and, uh, and one of those was a loss for four yards and then it was 21-3 moments later. So you were passing the entire time. So there's a lot of context to it. And Rashad White, two of his three carries were from either the two or the one-yard line, one of which was a one-yard touchdown. Hey, a one-yard touchdown on third and one is a fantastic play, yeah. but it doesn't really help the stats. Right. So that being said, I think the Buccaneers, while Todd Bowles, Constantly says it's not this and and Byron left is it's not necessarily about balance They don't need to run the ball 50 time 50 percent of the time every game But they need to be able to win in a variety of ways and sometimes you're going to need to be able to run the ball And I think they have the pieces to run the ball Uh, Harold Goodwin Goody was saying yesterday he was talking at the podium because uh, Todd Bowles was gone for a day Right and um, he was saying that some of those guys on the interior they do need to play a little bit better. They understand the context and they they like where they're at, but they do think they're gonna get better, right? Right. And so they're gonna get better, and I think Leonard Fournette and Rashad White have the tools to give you a a good rushing game, but I think you need to start quicker so you don't get off script Mm -hmm. and have to throw the ball 52 times.
0: I agree, and then this is uh, perfect to our question that we had from Richard who said, will we see more jumbo packages uh, to get more production in the run game?
1: I'm not sure that that necessarily would make that much of a difference. I mean, if you put the jumbo package out there, you're probably you're telling the defense you're probably going to run the ball right. And I don't think controlling the line of scrimmage has been what's been going well for the Buccaneers in the running game in the last few games. So if you're just tra- trying to put a big package out there, the defense is going to respond with a with a heavy front. Are you really making it any better? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I think they just need to run the their normal expected plays the way they expect them to to be run. They just need to be better at the execution of what they're of what they want to do.
0: Right. All right, well that is going to do it for us on this edition of Bucks Insider Live. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll be back here next week to talk about that Falcons game.